It's gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Funny Games for the evening, and we have a full house this week. After talking in a room by myself just a week ago, we are now uh, we now have the entire crew right here in studio. So let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. The band is back together. I missed all your faces. This is much easier. It is it's significantly way easier. easier. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, oh, can they hear me? I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I'm here to say I'm in love with Elaine Vino and his coaching style and everything about him. And it's been such a refreshing change that I don't know if I can ever go back. He has to coach until I die. What would going back look like to Dave Haxtell? Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'd rather die. Thanks. I mean, I'm sure at some point we will hate him. Because that's what always well, happens maybe. with coaches. Yeah. But this has been a hell of a honeymoon period. I'll tell you I'll tell you what I really like about him. It has nothing to do with hockey. AV is a little bit of a bigger guy. And he wears the vest with his suits a lot. <laughs> and it's really, it's really empowering because I, too, while I hate suits, <laughs> I like to rock the vest because it kind of tightens everything up for you. It's like a male garter belt. And I really appreciate that he wears it because it empowers me to wear the vest as well. That's important. A male garter belt? I don't think that's... What am I talking about? The thing that sucks everything in? Girdle. Girdle. That's what I'm talking about. Or like a corset. Corset, Corset. sure. Yeah. Sorry. So you're trying to suck it all in. Yeah, I'm trying to tighten everything up. All right, that's not a garter belt. No. (laughs) (laughs) Girdle? Is girdle? What's the... Girdle. I don't know. Corset. Yeah. Listen, I get it I don't know what all words are. (laughs) That's totally fine. Words are bullshit. Words are a social construct. Exactly. It doesn't matter that we live in society. We don't need it. Some of us. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So, guys, I came to a, a revelation last night when I was watching <laughs> the Flyers hockey game. Okay. Uh-oh. When I realized, it, it just hit me. It hit me, and it's changed my entire perspective on the, the season that Robert Haig is having. Now, what we've been having on Twitter for the last month has been a constant argument oh, about whether Robert Haig is good, whether Robert Haig is bad, whether advanced stats are good, whether advanced stats were bad. Well, here was my revelation. So last night, Robert Haig was on the ice for 13 shots by the other team. And he was on the ice for one shot by the Flyers at five on five. And it was a goal. And they scored. (laughs) And, And as I laughed at the entire situation, I came to the realization, the revelation that we are watching brilliance here. We are watching like a supernova. We're watching a player who is having the kind of season where this can happen and we shouldn't be fighting over He it. is the exception. We should be marveling at his ability to break every single rule. I put in my article about last night's game, I'm calling it the, the, the uh, PDometer. It's the, how high his PDO can get oh, on God, a game-by-game game basis because it's not like, why are we angry? Robert Hay, yeah. Robert Hay getting incredibly good goal luck is the best thing for the Flyers. Why are we debating about this? We should just be celebrating the complete and utter ridiculousness that is the 2019-2020 Robert Hay season and just having fun with it. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. It, I'm just going to have fun it, with it because it, it, it is really funny. Fun. I'm going to call him the exceptional Robert Haig, not because he's an exceptional hockey player, but because he is the exception. It's amazing. It just, it doesn't matter why. It just, it's happening. Let's just have fun. It's with the it. results. The results yeah. are what counts. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. So I've got like a lot to say. I haven't been on this show. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I haven't been on this show in weeks. So first off, I'm going to start with everything bad that I've ever had to say about Ohio. I take it back. I take it back. That can't be. No, I take it back. (laughs) Yeah. I I went to Columbus and before you start, uh, George Bush. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'm joking. Uh, Before, like before I was just like, Ohio, flyover state, but like Columbus is a lovely little city. It's a lovely little city. That's a nice little Allentown. Yeah, it's a little bit more built up than it's Allentown. Like a town, right? And it's cleaner than Allentown. Oh, and it, people are a lot more friendly than they oh, are in oh, Allentown. And it's like this whole city kind of built around 
Ohio State. Yeah, it's like a college town. Yeah. It's just and, a big and college town. Nationwide arena, which is right there in the middle. And it's really, really cool. And their whole arena district is really nice and clean and people are friendly. And Ugh. I got I got a free upgrade to my room because the guy at the front desk Didn't knew feel that like I dealing with someone from the Northeast knew that I had a bad day because of the snowstorm and was waiting on my plane for like four hours. Um, Ohio is lovely. Watching a Blue Jackets game in that arena is how was fine. the cannon? Um, it was fine. I went to go visit <laughs> it. It did not make me want to pee my pants. Okay. That seems good. So last night was the, I would say, biggest game of the Flyers season to date, and they won it uh, by looking at the final score in dominant fashion. And tomorrow, Thursday night, they have what is going to be the biggest game to the point to this point in the season against the Blue Jackets again. So BSH Radio is acting as the meat in this Flyers BJ sandwich. Giggity. As long as it's not ham. He pauses for laughing. I'm fine. I'm fine as long as it's not ham. We're not ham. Ham is the worst. What if it's a croque monsieur? Um, Those are good. Fine, but I'm not the ham. I'll be the fried egg. Okay. Fair. So uh, last night, the Philadelphia Flyers beat Columbus despite 15 shots on goal. They did have 18 shots blocked, missed the net seven, t- seven times, but that's still like not a ton of attempts. Uh, they really, it didn't, someone tweeted me and was like, it seems like the Flyers are like just not playing that or like are getting outplayed. I was like, I can't say outplayed because Columbus isn't doing anything yeah, either. It yeah. just seems like both teams are dumping the puck. The defense is retrieving it. They're breaking out. And then we rinse a repeat and nothing's really happening. But I think Charlie tweeted, they did what they had to do. This yeah. was going to be a grinded out game. Columbus has to play this way. They have like no good players. The good players they do have are hurt. They're down to their third string goalie whose name is impronounceable. So it's just... This is how you have to beat them, and they did, and they did it pretty well, but 15 shots on goal. How the fuck did they win? <laughs> so, well, like, Elvis may not be that good. I mean, the goals that went in against them were ridiculous. I know. I, know. I, first, I love him, by the way. I love him. For the just first, not for this handful of games. For the first 10 or 12 minutes of the game, the Flyers had two shots on goal. They were both the goals. Neither of them, had they not gone in, would have counted as shots. So here's the thing, like, this is the kind of game that I feel like always gets played against the Flyers, yes. where every bounce just went the Flyers' way, yeah. and that, I feel like it never happens, and it was just kind of, like, fun to see them do dumb, garbage, trash shots at the net, and they would just bounce off someone's skate and go in. It was wonderful. So so my view of this game, I, I really like this game for the Flyers. The Flyers came out of this, the players came out of it not happy, but when you, when you talk to them after a while after the game, you really drill down why they weren't happy. And basically what they explained was that we were really happy with the way we played defense. We were not happy with our offense because it wasn't because of the, like, their their intention was not to not get shots. Yeah, they were in the they were like, look, we were in the offensive zone, we were on rushes, and we just made bad decisions with the puck that led us to not taking shots during our time in the zone. We need to be better at that, and that's why they were frustrated. And they were like, the goals we scored, a lot of them were were pretty fluky, which they were. But to me, the reason why I like this game was this: this Columbus team right now, because they're so injury ravaged because they lost guys in the offseason they are very much playing in old school John Tortorella style which is essentially we're not gonna screw up I mean the, the goals that were scored last night like they were flukes they weren't obvious mess ups they were still they this was a sound team that was not making obvious mistakes we're not gonna screw up and we're gonna try to suck you in to screwing up we're gonna frustrate you to the point that you turn it over and now exactly. we have a two one exactly and the what the flyers basically said was you know what we're not gonna fall we're for not that. gonna we're not gonna fall for that we're gonna play exactly your game because in the end we have like seven high-end yeah, guys and you have, and you have like one or two <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna bet on the fact that you know what over a 60 minute game we're gonna get more bounces now i didn't think they expected to get five yeah <laughs> but i think they expected they were probably gonna win this game two one or three to one which is probably what they would have won it by had they not gotten really lucky in the beginning but the style of play made sense to me because to me 
why why get sucked in? Why start pushing and sending the third third guy in the offensive zone? Why send him deep? That's what they want you to do because they don't have the ability to break you down on the cycle because they're not good enough. I think we've all seen enough games against John Tortorella to know how that could go if you do get yes. frustrated. Yes. And like like I said on my post game last night, listen. It was Kevin Hayes said, like, I wasn't even going for the back shot there. And when you see the replay, he's trying to center the puck and it hits a skate and goes in. It hits the hit that but you have to have yeah. you have to have the puck in that spot to be able to make that play happen. That's why it's important to get the puck there. Been yelling about it for years. They're finally doing it. Um, totally forget where I was going to yeah, go I, next. I liked I liked a lot about this game. And like Konechny said something really interesting that I don't usually track. Uh, zone entries in game, but I just kind of got the itch for this game because I knew it was a big one. So I, you know, tracked the zone entries after the first period at the intermission for the first period. Second period, I tracked the entries after the second period, and then third period, I tracked after the game. Konechny said after the game that one of their plans going into the game was something that we've talked about on this show, which is we wanted to play dump and chase in the first period because they are so thin that they have to play their top players a lot. And we can and, hit them. And we wanted to wear them down yeah. early. And that's exactly what happened. In the first period, their controlled entry rate was like 31%. The rest of the game, it was like 56 It was very clear that it was like, all right, first period, we're getting it on the four check, and we're going to hit them, and we're going to make them, we're going we're gonna to hurt them a little bit. And then in the second and third period is we're going to open it up a little bit. And that's what they did, and it worked really well. Like, you can talk about the fluky goals, and they were fluky. The two goals they got in the third period weren't fluky. No, they were just good were, plays. Yeah. Do you think Couturier scored that goal on purpose? That's what I was going to ask. That's what I know he says that he did, but I've watched it like seven <laughs> times. Think, it he, really doesn't look like he, he did that on purpose. If he meant to do it well, it was a hell of a sell job because he went all the way to his backhand. <laughs> yeah. And the puck was that's, like uh, uh, Hayes admitted right at intermission, like, no, I was trying to center it to TK. And yeah. it, it just didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was. They did what they had to do last night. Were the goals fluky? Yeah, but most goals are fluky. Like in a league where the best players shoot, what, maybe 15%? Like and those are usually the players getting lucky. I, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of the time, a lot of goals are lucky. The Flyers got them last night, and I'm not even going to call the Myers goal fluky because, truthfully, no, if, he did what he was well, supposed to do there. If that doesn't hit the defenseman, Bunneman's putting that in. Yeah. So like, I don't even really consider that a fluke. The first two and the move, yeah, yeah. the <laughs> move Sandheim made to get him was the puck amazing. Was awesome, yeah. and we're going to talk about that pairing in a second. But Charlie, you put this in here, and I wanted to start it as our first big topic. We've gone back and forth basically every show all season is this team actually good <laughs> is the debate finally over yeah can we say they're actually good because now they have a chance i think it now to me it's are they better than just good because starting last night they have a chance to be on what should be a six game winning streak if not a six game point streak uh, after a string of games that ends with a home and home against the rangers march 1st if they are able to do that and string some wins together, not have a clunker in the middle, not lose a game they're not supposed to, it's all teams they're better than. They're better than just actually good. They're legitimately like a contender. All right, so here's the thing. I've been away for a few weeks, and during that time, I haven't been able to watch the Flyers. I watched most of this past Columbus game. And then the game before that, the last one that I remember, the Flyers got shut out by the New Jersey Devils. That was like two weeks ago. Exactly. It was not that long ago. It was the same team that we have on the ice right now. So if we're going to be saying they're actually good, we cannot disregard the fact that they were shut out two weeks ago by the New Jersey Devils. Wasn't Boston, didn't they lose the season series against the Devils? Boston? Uh, or Detroit. It was Detroit. Detroit. They lost yeah. two the thing with that, with that game is like, yeah, it sucked, but five nothing. Their PDO in the third period was zero. Yeah, because but that's my point. Yeah. They outshot the Devils like forty five to fifteen. Like it's a shitty game and it sucks. But like to me, those if this was, if this was a case of like the Flyers got beaten up by the Devils. I would say, like, all right, that's bad. But that was just a game where, kind honestly, it was a little bit like this one. Yeah. But the bounces went the other way. The bounces went the other way. Like, in a, in a in an 82-game season, that's going to happen. And the, the article I wrote after that game, when everybody was losing their goddamn minds, was that they haven't had a game like this in a month. Like, 
cut them a break, give them a chance to see if they can rebound. And what do they do the next game? They went into Washington against the best team in the division and Beat blew, the shit and blew out their them. doors yeah. off. And that's, but that's, we see the potential for this team. And we also see whether it's luck or just not showing up in a first period against the Islanders or whatever, they throw in one of these every now and then. And yeah. it kind of, yeah. kind of throws a monkey wrench into the plans. And yeah, 82 game season, bad stuff happens sometimes. I'm looking at this stretch of the next five games as the time that you just don't throw one of those in. You have this, you have Columbus and you have Winnipeg leading up to the trade deadline. We're going to get to some deadline preview stuff in a few minutes, but, and then a few games after that, all against teams that the Flyers are better than. Win all of those games, and you could be contending for the goddamn division. Have you seen Washington lately? They're not in first place for the first time since opening night. Are the Penguins great? Yeah, the fucking Penguins are great. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's goddamn ways, believable. It? It I can't disgusting. believe. Why can't they just die? That's all I want. That is all I want in my life is for the Penguins to just die. Everything <laughs> goes wrong for die. them, and they're somehow able to like incrementally fix every single fucking problem by the time we get to this part of the season, and then they just roll right Mark through. Mark Donk, man. It's just Mark Donk and Flibbert and all those. Like, like, who's, like <laughs> Pat Rock. Who is who is this guy who scored? Anthony Angelo? Is he like Anthony, D- Anthony D'Angelo's not racist That's- and homophobic brother? <laughs> yes, he's from not Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> we do not take credit in Sewell for Anthony D'Angelo. He's from Washington Township. I was just going to say, he's from Washington Township. He's not from Sewell. They use our post office, but they're not really us. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> um, I'm actually just looking at the standings now because... I've been away. And the Flyers at third yeah, place. Third place. Yeah. yeah, they're out of the wild card for right now. And for they're now, in for third. Now. Oh no, there's uh, listen, there's a lot's gonna happen. They're gonna they're gonna be out of a playoff spot at one point for the rest of the season. I guarantee at some point It's close. I mean, that's the scary part. Yeah. And, and and but to me, like you can't I understand the fact that like if they don't make the playoffs, it's gonna really suck. And I think they're gonna get in, but it, and we've talked about this on the, on the show before. It infuriates me that people are still poking and prodding everyone like you can't say the Flyers are that good because they're still barely in the playoff mix. Like this is a historically bizarre division. Yeah. And everyone that's not the Capitals and the Penguins is in the exact same boat the Flyers are. So like I, let, let me kind of roll through. And the Caps and Penguins aren't exactly on a yeah, Tampa they're, they're Bay not, last year They're not pace. way away from everyone. <laughs> yeah, like. can, can I just, before you go, are you about to go on a roll? I'm going to go on a roll, but go first. So I, I just want to clarify something about my stance on this team. I don't think that they're a bad team. I don't think that they're a bad team. I think that they're a good team. But I don't think that they're a great team. And, I think that's and that's, fair. And that's yeah. what, when you guys say actually good, that's what I think that you're saying. I think that you're saying that they're a great team. And I don't think that they're a great team. I, I think that they're a good team. Outside of Tampa. Yeah, there's like one. I don't think there's a great team in this league I this mean, year. And even them, maybe it's Boston. like Boston and All right. maybe. I've seen the Flyers skate with Boston every time. And Tampa. They've skated with Tampa, too. I mean, Tampa, uh, Tampa's better. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that the yeah. Flyers I are mean, better t- than Tampa. But I'm, but I'm you, saying they've hung around. Yeah, with but them. then you go into the playoffs and they get blown out by, they get shut out by the, the Blue Jackets. So, <laughs> like, you know, shit happens. Yeah. But I do think that this is a good team and they've got a lot of fight in them that we didn't see from Dave Haxtall. So, as long as they're able to keep ahead of Columbus in the standings, and they should be able to with. I mean, Columbus is a little bit of a disaster right now in terms of depth and personnel that they have injured. Um, I I think that they could be a top three team in this division. Yeah. And now I'm going to hand it back over to you, Charlie. There we go. Let's do it. No, I I think I, I understand what you're saying, and I would agree with that. Like, I guess when I say actually good, what I what I mean when I say actually good is a playoff team. Okay. Like, like, All right. Like, yeah, that's not how I hear. Not a, bubble. A, maybe like they'll make lo- it. Maybe they won't. In playoff team. Yeah. And it sucks to me that the only reason why they're not that is because of the stupid division. Because any other year we would be like, well, yeah, obviously the Flyers are a playoff team. You yeah, kidding? The Flyers me? are winning the Pacific right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like and, by a lot. And I that's think. the infuriating part about it for me because I look at this team and here's here's what I see. I see a team on a hundred point pace. I see a, a team that over the last two weeks. Had four has had four games so far against teams that are directly competing against in the playoffs. They won three of them, and the total goal differential in those four games was eighteen and nine. They doubled up teams they're battling with directly for a playoff spot. I see a team that got their goalie back 
from injury, and he stopped 92.8% uh, of the shots since he's been back. I see a team with a first-line center that probably is going to win the Selkie. I have a team that stopped being stupid on the power play. Not according to Evolving Wild, though. He's not, <laughs> he's not even top God. five. I loved oh, that because it was, I, was, I looked at all the n names and was just like, yes, I can't wait I, for the replies. I, I, uh. The point I'll make, yeah, yeah, the point yeah, I'll make there, and I'll, then I'll immediately get back yeah. on this. point I'll make there is that there's a disconnect. points. Well, there's a disconnect between what they think the Selkie is and what most people think yeah. the Selkie is because their opinion of the Selkie is it's the best defensive player, whereas everyone else in ho in hockey views it as the best two-way player. Yeah. So, like, that's that's the big no, disconnect. No, and we've, like, we've talked about Couturier. Like, his defense yeah. isn't better than it was three years ago. It's just now yeah. he scores two, so he's the favorite. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Continuing. Ahead. As I said, the power play. They're not doing stupid shit anymore. They're doing <laughs> actually what they should have been doing all year by putting Claude Giroux in the place where he's dominated for a decade. We're going to make another pit stop chart. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Claude Giroux last night passed Bobby Clark. If you've heard of him, he's a pretty good hockey player in you know the history of the game. Bobby Clark in total power play assists for this franchise's history. And it was the play he made on his knees that. Yeah, did it, that right? was that was absolutely incredible. Yes, it was. But this guy has more Love power. Claude Giroux's play on his knees. This this guy has more power play assists than Bobby <laughs> Clark. And we decided... Charlie got there like a minute late. I, it's I, fine. I, I'm hearing it. Ignore it. <laughs> he has more power play assists than Bobby freaking Clark. And we were like, for half the season, three quarters of the season, yeah, we're not going to let you do the thing you did to get all of them. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. That, that was, it's just been crazy. But go on with the power play. No, I, that was it. It's just yeah. that they're finally doing what was smart, and lo and behold, they're scoring goals. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, remember how excited we were over the first nine games of the season when, like, their advanced metrics they were through the roof? They always had the puck. When their advanced metrics were crazy good, best in the league. Over the last ten, they're better than they were the first nine games. Claude Giroux, the guy we were freaking out about two weeks ago, he's got 11 points in his last six games. Pretty good. Like, like this team is good. Now, it, they could change. You know, maybe they'll go on a week where they just suck. But right now... Right now, this team is playing like one of the best teams in hockey. I'm not saying they are one of the best teams in hockey, but I'm saying right now they are playing like one of the best teams in and hockey. And that's all you need to do. You don't need to be the best team in hockey. You just need to play like the best team in hockey. Or play better That's how than it works. One. Or better yeah. than. I mean, like, that's... That's the best part of the playoffs. I think the most Get important in. I think the most important point Charlie made was one of his first ones. They have their goalie back. Yeah. If they have this version of Carter Hart in the playoffs, they can win multiple rounds. I need him to to the road game still haven't. Been. Yeah, he needs to he do was good in Florida. He was, was he? good in Florida. Well, he wasn't great against Tampa, but I don't mm -mm. think he was bad. That was just Tampa. It's Tampa. Yeah. He was real good in, in Sunrise against the Panthers. I really need him to be good tomorrow. T tomorrow's a big test. Yeah. It's an yeah. important game on the road against Columbus. It's a, just a building that sucks. I hate watching games there. Like, it just looks great. It's lovely. Now, on television, it looks like the entire arena is gray. I don't know why. It looks like they're playing on outdoor ice. It just looks weird. So I uh, just a little aside. I was also at the Staples Center, um, and just the fog in there. Like that is not a good arena for ice hockey. Is it fog or is it vape smoke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you didn't like the Staples Center. It was fine, but it was super foggy, and Fair. it just didn't go away. I didn't really notice. I've, I've seen two games there, both in the press box. I didn't notice a lot of fog. I'm not Maybe denying. I'm not, I'm not denying that yeah, it was there. I, just, I didn't notice a lot of. Fog. I, I like it was. It was difficult for me to concentrate on the game just because I was like, "What? Like, what huh. the fuck? Like, I'm trying to bring thirty people to this game to watch hockey for the first time ever, and this is like, how, it's foggy. How warm was it outside? Um, you know, L.A. in February, Which so is what? 60s. Okay, so that's not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. I was thinking, it was the only times I've been there to watch a hockey game were in, like, December. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe it was colder back then, but I don't think so. No, it's, I think it's about the same. Yeah, it was, like, the six yeah. in 60s. I don't know. So, Charlie, you have these uh, you have these uh, playoff uh, percentages, the probability of the Flyers making the playoffs. Athletic has them all the way at 85%. Way to go. What a publication. I know. We're great. Uh, Hockey Viz, 78%. Uh, Money Puck, 68.8. They couldn't even give us 69. I know. So close know, to nice. Come on. Uh, our, like... They can't possibly miss. Now. It doesn't. Feel, I am going to jump off a feel fucking like building can. if they're going to miss. That's these the playoffs. thing. Like it doesn't feel like they can with how well they're playing. But you, you truly never know. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier that it sucks mm -hmm. that we're in a position where it's still an uncertainty because of the stupid division. Yeah, that's the thing that I 
I can't let myself, despite those numbers, feel like it's a lock just because it's so tight. Yeah, it's so tight that any little, you know, little blip could throw them right out. A third Atlantic Division team has to get in. Why? (laughs) You know, I just we can't worry about that. But it is I get like or does it concern you like looking at the way things are going like. Oh, if they miss because of something stupid, even though they have like they don't have as many regulation wins as the teams up against them. They've been excellent in shootouts and it's not regulation overtime wins anymore. It's just regulation. Flyers are pretty good at three on three, like the tie breaking scenarios and all that stuff concern everybody. Not I really going to get. Yeah, I don't really I don't really envision a scenario in which they're going to happen. It's why I think these two games against Columbus are so big, yeah. not just because you're in direct competition with them, but. Man, they're they're hanging on by a thread. Yeah, you, I you just got to like you got to just yes. murder them yes. to death. Yes, like, yes. Beat them to, into submission in these, <laughs> these next two games. Well, that game and now this next one. Like if they win five one again, that could be it. No, I just I remember because I caught the uh, I didn't catch the when they played the Devils because I was going home while they were playing. But when they played the Rangers on Friday night, I watched that game at a hockey bar in Tampa, and they just very much reminded me of a boxer who is like still standing, but you can very clearly see like he sees the stars. Mm. Like he's like one more punch and he's going. And that's what, that's what the blue Jacks looked at that entire game was the Rangers. Like I know they're winning some games. They're still bad. And there's no reason like the devil's game from what I gather, the, the blue Jackets like outshot them like crazy. And they just couldn't get a puck, uh, a puck in the net, which mm-hmm. again, that happens. The Rangers game, they didn't play well. Like the Rangers were out skating them most of that game. And you're just like, you're supposed to be a playoff team. The Blue Jackets should be the team that falls off. Out of these out of these six teams that are battling for a spot in the Metro, the Blue Jackets are the worst team in their current capacity. Like, yeah, if they got Seth Jones back tomorrow and Cam Atkinson back tomorrow, it's a different story, but they're not They're not getting, yeah, yeah. So what they are right now, like with that, that Andrew Peake guy, I felt bad for him last night. I really <laughs> felt bad for him. Like, he was just overmatched. He shouldn't be in the NHL right now. And the Flyers, to their credit, and this goes back to what Kelly was saying about Elaine Vigneault, Flyers realize that. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to get Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes out against him whenever we can because he's not an NHL defenseman. Yeah, and uh, to, again, to the Flyers' credit, they took care of business uh, next mo- Well, this coming Monday, this is our last show before the uh, tra- Jesus, before the trade deadline. And we're going to talk about that on the other side. But first, we're going to break for an ad. So just hang out and hear about something cool. (laughs) All right. How great is that thing that was just advertised? (laughs) I can't wait to use it or listen to it or drink it. To use Uh, that product or service. (laughs) (laughs) Which also may just be dead air. It could be. (laughs) It's a good time to get up and get something to drink, take a piss, and come back and listen to us. It's a good bathroom break, if nothing else. I listen to podcasts while I'm driving, so I will not be getting up well, to take a piss. I only listen to them in my home. Oh, okay. All right. Good. So uh, let's talk about this trade deadline on Monday. A lot of names being floated out. It seemed like... yeah. I, uh, I was really concerned that I didn't know what day it was. <laughs> All I, of the defensemen. I was like, did I black out for a week? <laughs> Shit. Because <laughs> a bunch of people got traded yesterday, but there's still a lot of names on the uh, on the market. And let's start with the one that, I don't know, it seemed at a certain point I had to look. I'm like, did the Flyers actually acquire Jeff Carter? Because everyone was talking so yeah. much about him yesterday. Thanks, Elliot. How are we feeling about uh, how are we feeling about the idea of Jeff Carter returning? No. Because I love it. No. Hell <laughs> no. I don't. No. Listen, do I want him at his p- current price? No. That's what I mean. Like you, like, you and everyone else want 10 years ago Jeff Carter. No, I want the guy with 17 goals right now who would step in and play 3C, and maybe, if Nolan Patrick's ever healthy enough, he plays wing with Nolan Patrick, and they're a nice little checking line with some offensive upside. We are not saying anything negative about Nolan Patrick on this show. I'm not saying anything negative about him. Listen, I heard the tone. I heard the tone. Baby boy is practicing. I know, but he might With the team. What? Talk about about practice. practice. <laughs> not a game. Not, not a game. No, Noel Patrick is definitely making progress. So, yeah, no so else. fuck you and right. fuck you. I heard I heard your very I'm lackluster. Steph told me to say something saying. nice about Nolan Patrick, so I'm saying something nice about Nolan I Patrick. Say. I heard it last was, week. I, I would heard love it. I would I'm just love saying. Nolan Patrick to come back. But he might not. Yeah, I'm just saying right now they could use a 3C. 
Jeff Carter could come into that role. Why doesn't anyone else want it if they retain like 50%? Because he's got more than one year left. That's even better. No, it's worse. Is the it? only problem with it is it. There's a couple problems. There's many problems. <laughs> every you, every Charles. every player on this list that has term left gets in the way of me getting my Terry my Tory Krug dream. So <laughs> yeah, you don't. That's tell that that's yet. my hindrance. <laughs> but other than that, why don't we want Jeff Carter? So, all right. So here I'm just gonna run them, run off the bullets real quick. All right, go for it, Steph. Too old. Too much money, too much term, too old. That's it. Thank you. Uh, that's a pretty quick and accurate it's summation of it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Not a, at his a, current price if they cover some of the money. Well, so here's the thing with that. So he's got about like a $5.27 million cap, it, I believe. The max you can retain is 50%. So that puts him around what? Like, like, uh, 2.7-ish, yeah, sure. something like that, 2.65, something like, something close to that. That's still too much. Ghost in a one. Okay, that's still too much. That's way too much. Come on. I mean, that's just, that's just that would be that's stupid. That's like yeah. 10 if, years ago, Jeff Carter. If right. you're giving up a first-round pick for Jeff Carter right now, you're an idiot. Yeah, He's not good enough. All right. Um, I mean, I'm, I for, forget Ghost for a second because that would be, that would be what, I'm, what I'm getting at now is that the only way to fit him would be to trade someone away with him, which, like... I'm Hag in a third? Well, like, I'm kind of coming around <laughs> on... I don't even think Hag would be enough. No, I don't I would, think he gets paid of course, enough. No. Like, yeah. you, you basically be looking at, I think, the two guys... The two guys, to me, who would make the most sense... If you, if you acquire a player who costs too much to fit, the two guys, because I, I, I know they're primarily looking to four, the two guys that make the most sense would be Ghost, obviously, because of everything that's going on with him, or, or Raffle. Because Raffle has the money that yeah. he could actually free up the space, like trading like Tyler. What's he at like two, three, five. Something no, like that? he's like one point oh, six, okay. I think. But that's still enough. That's still enough to cover to yeah. get us to like yeah. trading Tyler Pitlick doesn't make sense. No, because he doesn't. He, well, he, doesn't get, he doesn't get paid enough. He only gets paid a mil. A million, and then yeah. trading Scott Lawton doesn't make sense because Scott Lawton's a pretty damn good and he's like not a guy who if you're trading away scott lawton you better be getting a really good player to replace him and i don't know if there's a guy of that caliber on the market unless you're trading for like vincent trocheck which no like, scott sure, lawton fine. was available like i'd want to go get scott exactly lawton. <laughs> like, he's the kind that of would play- be the perfect yeah. player for us to bring he's in he's the kind of player you want to get yeah. so number one you'd have to trade somebody away and well like do i think jeff carter today is better than michael raffle yeah i do do i think he's like so much better that i that like i just jeff carter is 35 years old you'd have him for the next two years he's already clearly in decline do i think i just i don't love the idea because you'd have to you have to knock someone off your roster to get a guy who then the next two years could become an albatross legitimately I just, I understand the merits of it because I do believe the Flyers want to add a guy, if possible, who likes to shoot the puck. And one thing we know about Jeff Carter is he likes to shoot the puck. Seventeen so, goals, nine assists. And and I and I do think you kind of mentioned it earlier. I think that another thing that Ten they like. Assists. Oh, he had one last go, night. That they like about Carter is that he can play center and wing. Yeah. So you acquire him, you can slot him in at center briefly. If Patrick comes back, he moves over to wing, and then you've got your top nine set up. So I think they like that too. I just I really do worry about those two. If he was a rental, I'd be all for it if his contract was expiring this year or if this was like a Vinny situation where like to get, promise like, to, like retire. to get him, he promises I'm retiring <laughs> and then we're done. Like, look, maybe the one thing I have heard about Carter and I'm not saying that he would, Although, he would do that. The, would one, that, thing, the okay, one thing I've heard about Carter is that he wants to stay in LA. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. He doesn't have any trade protection, but he wants to stay in LA. He he's, he's settled there. No, no trade protection. That was just Richards. Um, I thought we moved him because he had. Uh, go ahead. No, they moved him because Richards' no trade was going to kick in, I believe. Um, anyway, so he wants to stay in L.A., and I get the feeling that even if he was traded, he'd like want to go back to L.A. quickly. Mm. So, like, maybe you could work something out there, but a lot, like, I also don't know. That's wh- such a Flyers thing well, is to do all that. I also don't know why he would, like, give up money. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole reason why Vinny was willing to give up money was because he wasn't playing in Philly. Like, he just wasn't even getting on the ice. So, basically, they worked out a deal where it's like, okay, well, you got two choices, Vinny. Either you spend the rest of your career, you know, in the AHL or sitting as a scratch, or we'll trade you, but no one wants your entire contract. So, the only way we can actually trade you to a team is if you say, I'm done after this year, so no one has to pay the rest of it. I don't think Carter's in that situation because, 
like, I guess he could just not show up to a team, but then he's not going to get paid. So, to me, that's the only way I would be really interested in Carter is if you can work out some sort of deal where you don't have to worry about him after this year. I don't want him on the team past this year. My next question, and we're going to move on from Jeff Carter, because it's just been a big subject no, it, on the it, look, Twitter when, machine. Look, when Elliot Friedman but, tweets yeah. out something or puts something in an article, you have to pay attention to it. No, him and McKenzie are the only ones I actually yeah. listen and, to. And, and I've I've done some digging and like... I don't think not that Elliot Freeman needs me to confirm his report, yeah. but like there's something there. I'm there's, sure there's, there's, a, there's yeah. at least cursory interest in Jeff Carter. He's a center who shoots. Yeah. I can't imagine they haven't at least called, yeah. you know, uh, just real quick. He, it, it is a 5.272 cap hit on Carter, but a three million base salary this year and two for the next two years. So the buyout wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah, or does I, it I have to do with the cap hit? I, I, I don't. I don't buyout remember. Math if he did do the the I promise to retire thing, would we get hit with the cap recapture? Even though we're the team that traded for him, because he has one of those illegal contracts. Oh, would we think, trade for him that, and then he promises to retire and then we get hit with like the Shea Weber that, style recapture? Could be. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. All right, let's move on. A name that I haven't heard floated out quite too much. But came up in my post game last night. It makes a ton of sense. Eric Stahl. If he's available, I'd love it. I just don't think he would be available. Right? Yeah. Like it's, Minnesota's got to keep somebody. It just doesn't do look they like. Go? Yeah, I was gonna say, no, do they, they don't have to. But we heard all the reports when Bill Guerin got hired. It was like, yeah, they need to uh, rebuild. And the owner doesn't think so. So he hired a guy who told him what he wanted to hear. I. I I don't know. I like Eric Stahl a lot. He's got 17 goals. Can, he's a center. I, what kind of money does he make? Like Not much. three, two, oh, or something. Okay. It would be very little. I mean, uh, you, he's they, a big they, boy they still have too, to retain, right? but you could do it. You could make it work under yeah. the cap. Yeah, I like if if Eric Stahl is actually available. I think it's a great name. I just don't know um, how interested they are in tearing the thing down, even though they should be. He also has. Uh, he has trade protection, but it's yeah, not. He's it's got not, a it's ten, not a full. It's a ten team. It's a ten team. So no I don't know trade. If the Flyers list. are on yeah. it or not? Yeah. So I just did a quick Google, and Google's saying that he's making nine point five, but there's no way. No, he's making there's three point no two five. Hey, I looked it up right. last night. Maybe it was a three year, three something contract. But. Yeah, it was probably the contract before. <laughs> yeah. And I just I was checking because I wanted to see how big he was. So here's a Six name. Four big boy. Yeah, he he's big. He, Bring him home. I would love Eric Stahl here. He's a good uh, player. And yeah. He's not as good as he used to be, but he's still good. And if you're getting a third-line center, you just really want a yeah. good player. No, I, I'd be all for Eric Stahl. I just don't know how realistic it is. That said, I mean, there is the Minnesota connection. So, Oh, that's right. It is Chucky Two Trades from there. So, yeah. All right. I, again, just don't really want the Flyers to do anything. I think they could win the cup this year. Like, I don't think they're cup favorites, but it wouldn't fucking shock me if they did. Like, no. bad teams win the cup all the time. All the time. Yeah, I don't just. I actually. I'm not, I, I'm just I actually, saying, like, I actually not the best team. See, I just. Not the best team okay. wins the cup it, every it year. It would shock me if they won the cup this year. Yeah. But yeah. Like, it would be shocking. But, like, in a way that, you know. If Carter Hart gets hot, uh, they're as good as anybody. I, if he goes full Bennington, then. Yeah. I mean, I. You just gave me like a lot of anxiety. Who was Bennington until? <laughs> I don't know what to who do was Bennington this. until he stepped on the ice at the Wells Fargo Center? Some guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. See, he did make his debut against the Flyers. Shut just, him out, and they never looked back. See, I I kind of hate that argument because I hear that argument a lot. The like, well, you just get in the playoffs, and anything can happen. Look at the Blues. Look at the Kings. I, Look at us. Okay, <laughs> all of those teams. All of those. Like, y- yes, you can argue that like the best team doesn't win the cup every year. And that's true. Like, look at Tampa last year. They were the best team by far. They didn't win the cup. However, every year, smart people go into the playoffs saying there's like five really good teams. And every year, one of those five really good teams wins it. It's not necessarily the best, but like the Blackhawks were one of the five favorites every year they won the cup. The Kings, the closest thing you can get is that first Kings title. And you know what the thing with that first Kings title was? Anybody who knew anything about advanced stats were like, yo, this Kings team is really good. They just got super unlucky the first half of the season. Like that was a team where if you really knew what you were talking about, they were the best play driving team in hockey going to the playoffs. And they finally started playing up to their potential in the playoffs. But on paper, that team was loaded, and that team had a great statistical resume. If the Flyers, as I've said on the show, if the Flyers hold their current stat profile through the end of the year, where they're driving play at a you know 54% rate by Corsi and expected goals, 
and the power play is still working and Carter Hart's still playing great, then yeah, then I'm on board because then they're the Blues. I just don't know if they can because I don't know if they're that I just good. see a team that finally has the three things, and they're not completely proven yet. That's the thing to me. It's just that you need three elements to be able to win the Cup. You need a lot more, but there are three things you have to have. A 1C, a 1D, and a 1G. Well, I know they absolutely have the 1C. Provorov, is he that 1D? I don't think he is yet, but he's growing into it. Yeah, he's getting there. Is Carter Hart that 1G? Let's find the fuck out. Like, if he just gets hot, he very well could be. So, other, and they finally have the depth. So, I think they could. Do I think they're going to? No, I'm not putting money on the Flyers tonight. But, shit. I don't think there are five great teams. That's the thing. I think there's Tampa Bay, and then I think there's a real mushy middle where anyone could come out of it. Yeah. See, I don't know if I agree with that. I think, I, I think Tampa's the best team. I think Boston's very close. Boston's good. I I still think that teams like St. Louis, teams like Colorado, even Pittsburgh, if they can get mostly healthy, I think they're they're a cut above the Flyers. The next name I'm going to bring up is someone I brought up. A little while ago, and I got laughed out of the room. And now he's legitimate. Ilya Kovalchuk, everyone loves him. He's a great teammate. He's scoring. He's bringing energy. Why not? Yeah, Kovi. He's decided that he feels like playing hockey right now. He might decide later that he doesn't feel like it anymore. Well, that's like fine. He, he just needs to play for the rest of this season. <laughs> I don't think that. No, I don't. He's happy where he is right now. Let's just let him be happy because. We've seen what happens when he's unhappy. How could somebody be happy in Montreal? Listen, they got a I lot of uh, they got a lot of snow. <laughs> French people. This uh, for for what it's worth, and I French fries. I'm not like he's not a center. That's I'm not the one. super. Yeah. I'm not like entirely opposed to this. I'm not. But for what it's worth, he hasn't scored in his last five games, and his ice time is down. And you do worry. Like you do worry that like. He might have got that new team boost yeah. where it's like, uh-huh. I want to prove to everyone that I still got it. And mm-hmm. now he's just starting to dip. Yeah. Like, so that that would be my big worry when it comes to Kovalchuk. I just wonder, like, for a guy who's making, like, you know, a prorated 700K and you might not have to give up a whole lot for him. We're talking about players who like to shoot. Like, I, it just seems like he fits the bill other than not being a center. Uh, we've talked Pajot quite a bit. Yes. Nemestikov has come up a lot lately. I kind of like that one. Um, I fear Kyle Calder syndrome with him. Um, I don't think he's that great. He, yeah. But I, but I think he's okay. And I think he works because he can play center and wing. I just like. I feel like you could get him for not a lot. He wasn't putting up numbers after Tampa and now he's just on a shit team and he's putting up numbers I wonder if it's just like hey someone's got to score that said I mean you're talking about he played for three teams and he scored points on two of them like in the one team he didn't score points on was a in the dumps Rangers team yeah but like one of those teams was also he was on a line with like Kucherov and Stamkos at one point true but what I'm saying is that like yeah you got three teams he did well on two of them so it, you're you're looking at the absolute worst case scenario that the, he the real Nemesikov is the guy on the Rangers when I don't know why that holds more weight than the other two teams he's been fine on. Andreas, happy to see you, Anthony. See you. Well, this is your guy. I know. Yeah. I just you just I say just his name keep all the saying time. he's. I well, that's my impetus. Yes, <laughs> I, I want to be able to say happy to see you all time. Maybe get a jersey with his number and that on the back. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, he's fast. Uh, he seems to have fallen out of favor with Detroit. He's a restricted free agent with arbitration eligibility. Uh, he seems like a guy to take a flyer on. I'm not saying give up anything for him, but if they're looking to move on from him and the Flyers want to add some speed, maybe he'd fit in. I know, but like, is this the time that you want to take chances on a maybe? Like, that doesn't seem like the move that you make if you're If you're in to... the situation like Steph thinks, and we shouldn't really be doing anything because, eh, maybe you get wrong. another guy to throw in there and see if that works. Yeah. It's not because, eh. It's no, because I just... I think that it's a, it's a good team. It's a good group. And if you can just maybe add a little bit more speed and skill and not give up too much, Nolan cool. Patrick. Yeah. So my... Right, give up nothing. My reason why I don't think he's a fit, and I I, I like Athanaseo. I, I like him as a player. I think he's a lot of fun to watch. The reason why I don't think he's a fit is that he's really not good defensively. Okay. And just everything that you've been hearing over the last year from Chuck Fletcher and from Elaine Vigneault is how important it is for this team to play good defense. 
And to me, this is just, like he's just a, a square peg into a round hole. Like I just don't see the fit because he's, is he bad defensively or is he disengaged because he's on a bad team? Because I always wonder that. I mean, I think he's definitely disengaged. I'm just not convinced that he's going to re-engage on any team. Okay. I just think he may just be an offense guy, which is fine on certain teams. I just don't know if it's a fit for this team. Uh, this next name, it's not going to happen, but... Let's fucking go! Joe Thornton. Yes! 3C Joe Thornton. I would love it. It would be so much fun. So motivated to win a cup. That, yeah, would, ha- like, that would have to be the greatest just... sell job by Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he, he has a no move. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't... He just doesn't want to... He would wanna... have to pick here. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine he wants to go anywhere, but... He's got. Uh, it would be... Right. It would just be one of those cool... Like, if to me, that's just... If you were Joe Thornton... Like, let's just look at geography. Why the fuck would you come to Philadelphia? Com- you live I in- mean, you're here for like four months, then you get to go wherever you want again. doesn't really matter. It's not like he's stuck here forever. If you're Joe Thornton, why the fuck would you come to Philadelphia? Your answer was the cup. The cup. Maybe he thinks we Pursuit could. Pursuit of the Stanley Cup. I would not come to Philadelphia if I were pursuing that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I agree with Steph. Well, yeah. But- at the same time, if there's one thing that... Jerome McGinley signing with the Patrick Waugh coach Colorado Avalanche shows me sometimes players are dumb. (laughs) So, like, you never know, but I'd like to think that Joe Thornton, like, First of all, I would assume there would be more teams in the Flyers yeah, interested I would, in him. I would him. think. If and he's, I w- if he's yeah. actually available yeah, yeah. at one of those teams we think are one of those five yes. great teams. Yeah. I would, would like him to win a cup, too. So I would, that would, yeah. It would be like seeing, um, you know, Timo win yeah. one. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, not that emotional. I would feel I good would, for the guy. I would feel a lot of emotion. All right, how about Sam Bennett? <laughs> in I, your pants. Sam Bennett. Sorry. Well, <laughs> Yes, yeah, sir. Kelly's attracted the weirdo. <laughs> Listen, the homeless. We, pop- we only have nine minutes left of the podcast, Bill. The homeless- we can't get talking about this. The homeless population of <laughs> the oh, suburbs God. of San Francisco. Kelly, we have missed you. Yeah. Oh, Sam Bennett. So he's like bad, right? I don't he know. Is, is he bad or is he just not like a top six player? He's off the list. I Kelly I just, just deleted him. <laughs> He's been I, I just I know very little about him. I just know that Calgary is extremely frustrated with how he hasn't developed. I don't know if he's like a buy low guy. I just get the sense he's just not that good. But and are yeah. we in buy low? Yeah, I mean, like, maybe, maybe he's a third liner, yeah. but uh. right. isn't there another Bennett? Hold on. Oh, Bo Bennett. I like him. Why? Well, I, I always used to mix up Sam Bennett with uh, Reinhardt. I get those two. I never know. Which Reinhardt's is which. actually pretty good, yeah, and yeah. Bennett mm. kind of isn't. Bo Bennett just has an excellent Twitter personality. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, I'm just going to throw this out there because of his name, and I want everyone to get super confused. And right. I'm fueling up that Gus bus, baby. Which one? Eric Gustafson. There's so, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. Which of the seventeen? Let's Eric bring Gustafson. the one. Let's Gustafson. bring the one from Sweden back. Yeah. And trade for the one in Chicago. For, for our, so Get for, all of them. For our Swedish listeners, I know we have quite a few. Is the name Eric Gustafs- Gustafsson like Joe Smith? Like, <laughs> is, is that like the Swedish Joe Smith? Like where it's, Denny? And, yeah, uh, where it's just like the most like Russia. bland name that everyone yeah, has. Yeah, probably. Like Sebastian yeah. Aho. Sebastian Aho, yeah. We must get all of the Eric's Gustafsson. <laughs> Eric's. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to throw. I mean, I don't think they're in the market for a defenseman. All you but, have to do is ask Johan. Uh, I wanted to use that to transition into our defense, and let's get back to the current Flyers roster now. Uh, first, uh, Mark Friedman yeah, came up today. Yeah, what the fuck, today. Charlie? Why? Wait, What's what? That? Why, Why did Mark, Mark Friedman, Friedman get called up? What's I mean, that? was it because Myers hurt his arm? It's it because like? he went to school in Ohio, and they're on a road trip in Ohio. Like he just likes the state, guys. If I had to guess, I think it's just because. You only have 18 forwards on the roster, 18 players on the roster. Well, players. Third try. 18 skaters on the roster. Yeah. And in case someone gets hurt in pregame warmups, or I'm sure a couple people are banged up, I don't doubt it. If somebody surprisingly aggravates their injury and can't go, you have someone there so you don't have to play with 17 skaters. To me, that's the most likely scenario because, like, Provorov looked fine after that yeah. thing went down. We got access to Myers after the game. Okay, I, so I saw Sandheim walking around after mm-hmm. the game. Like I don't know who would be really hurt. I, I I know Ghost isn't ready, so there's that. But I just don't know who would have gotten really hurt in that game. I just, he likes Ohio, and that's that's cool. You went to Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I just thought, like, at this time of year when you're trying to bank cap space every day. Well, you can't bank cap. The Flyers can't bank cap space because they, they're oh, LTIR. Oh, because they have LTIR. Yeah. Yep. If okay. they could, then yeah, absolutely. But yeah. there's there's no benefit That's to right. It. They have the LTIR guys. All right. So never mind. Let's talk about <laughs> Sanheim Myers. Sanheim has four points in his last five games. Myers scored a goal last night. It was his first point since January 13th. Those two have been solid together. Uh, the numbers all look all look real nice, but I will say I haven't seen enough dynamic plays out of them. Like I expect those two to do cool shit when they're on the ice. They did it last night. Like I, that that keep and pass by Sandheim and then Myers walking the puck in and putting it where he put it. Did it was it a shot on goal? No, but it ended up in the net and it all worked out. And like Charlie said, if it if it doesn't hit that one blue jacket, Bunneman probably scores. Uh, so all that happens. Those two are looking good together. But uh, I, don't, I feel like the numbers are a little misleading with I these two. I am obsessed with this pairing. I and think their potential is well, enormous. That's the thing. I feel like you see flashes of what they could be when 100% doing everything they could do together, potentially. I think that if you leave them together long enough and you let them work out the kinks, they will get there. And I don't see any reason why you should believe anything otherwise. I, so I, I, yeah. I like the, I like that they're leaving them together despite some bumpiness because I feel like the flashes that you see in the games like we saw last night are good enough that it's like, okay, if they can do that all the time, we've got some good shit here, so let's see if they can figure it out. And I think the Flyers have the same opinion. That the Flyers Hooray! Look, the Flyers look at this as like, <laughs> yo, this could be like our second pair for the next, yeah. half, the yeah. next half decade. Right. And that was like... After we drafted Provorov, always the plan. Yeah. It yeah. seemed, you know, yeah. yeah, maybe Ghost was that first pair guy, and they're going to have to figure that out still. Sure. But boom, second pair taken care of. You really need one of those, especially in the playoffs when you don't play your third pair, unless they're actually good. That's hard to do. Uh, let's talk about that third pair for a second, though. Hagen Braun, we've talked a little about Hagen. Love Hague, it. Love it. Th these last five games, Charlie, I had to look this up because I know that they're always in the defensive zone. Like, I see it. You know, I, I, they're blocking shots. They're doing the things they have to do. They're better in coverage than most trapped in your zone pairs. But over the last five games, they are outscoring opponents five to one, despite a 44 percent Corsi four percent. Well, the funny thing is they were doing fine. They actually, by the underlying numbers, were doing quite well until yeah, last Hague night. Yeah, had that one until, game. Until last night. Yeah, last they night got, was back to being. They got shelled last but again, night. As I said, last night. One shot on goal to 13, goal. and they scored on the one. Can we talk about... Now, Haig has some puck skill issues. Mm. Uh, he is not a good passer. That's a very nice thing. Uh, he's not a good passer. Brain he's banging not, it off the glass. Yeah, he's not awesome at, break, at the breakout. There are some things he just isn't very good at with the Defense. puck. But man, when he's at the point... He gets the puck through. He has a nice compact windup. He keeps the puck in. He is good at the point. All right. Does love, anyone love, else see it? Love, love me some Robert Haig right now. I'm, I'm no, not this saying, is so much fun. I'm not saying he's awesome. I'm just trying to point out the positives in his game. Because, listen, we've pointed out the negatives, and they exist. But he's got. there are ways to utilize him well, and they are, I think. I mean, it's it's working. We'll hope, hope it keeps working. <laughs> I love He's that getting Charlie just won't now. crush him because the results are, are what I, they I, are. I am getting the biggest kick out of this. As I said, last night was a night where I'm just like, it's like Dr. Strangelove. It's when I just learned to stop worrying and love Robert Haig. I know, but it's like uh, like the most precariously perched house of cards. Like, aren't Yes, that's why terrified? it's so much fun. All right. It's well, like, how you much say love? fun, I say, oh God, it, it's, it's gonna... It's like yeah. the Jenga tower that has like every single yeah. little thing pulled right. out. And you're like, how much longer <laughs> can this damn thing stay up? And it's fascinating, and I love it. I love it. Well, something I don't... Niskanen and Provorov have been a good, solid, steady pair all year. Last couple of games, the numbers and the results, uh, not too great. Yeah, I'm not worried. What do you, I'm not worried, not worried. worried Provorov but has kind of had a couple of garbage games I, there. I would... But I don't think he wasn't good against Tampa. I'm yeah, concerned that the thing that worried me earlier in the season might start to be poking its head through, and that's the overuse of Ivan Provorov. Any yeah. any bit of that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's possible. He's fine. 
He's a young boy. He's young and all. I just he pushes tires when, up hills. He's when fine. he's playing like twenty seven minutes a game in December, he's fine. And now we're in February, the most important stretch, and he's in the defensive zone as much as Hagen Braun. I don't think that's necessarily great. He's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm up. I, I, I think they'll be okay. Out of all the players on this team that I worry about, Ivan Provorov just remains close to the bottom of the list. Okay, let's move on to the fourth line now, because we just did, uh, we're talking about the trade deadline, how it's probably not going to be a top six forward, looking to bolster that bottom six. Fourth line, man, they've looked pretty good, though. I don't know if I'm a Bunneman believer, but it's not going poorly. Last night, it wasn't their best game, but... I mean, shit, the three of them together, uh, Let's the three of them have played about 62 minutes together. They have a 57.5 Corsi 4 percentage. They're outscoring opponents 3-0, and their expected goals are almost 60% uh, in, the, uh, in these 62 minutes. Again, that's not a ton of time together, but when they're out there, they're generally effective. So one point I will make, and this is from someone who really does like this line, I do think that goals for percentage is a little misleading because even though they weren't on the ice for that third goal in Tampa, that was their fault. And and AV called them out big time because he was basically like, you guys guys dump the puck in at the end of a shift, chase it down rather than doing a dump and change, didn't get anything any time in the offensive zone after the dumb and change and then immediately change coming back up the ice while we were on a three on two like what the fuck guys and that's you know what when you have a line with two rookies those mistakes are probably going to happen but that also is the risk of having a fourth line with two rookies yeah i mean those mistakes are going to happen yeah as as good as this line has been it has been good i think it's a fair question as to has it been good enough to stop you from wanting to add. That's because if you add somebody, one of these guys is coming out, and it's probably Bunneman. Also, stop blocking Morgan Frost, Connor. <laughs> yeah, your, Connor. With your okay fourth line play. <laughs> uh, could could Morgan Frost do what this line does? No. Not what they're not what they're doing stylistically. Could he be good enough at what he's good at to be able to make a coach go, you know what? I think we'd get more offensively out of uh, out of Raffle and NAK if we had Frost out there instead of Bunneman. Does anyone think Frost is good enough at what he does now in the NHL at this very moment to uh, to come in and kind of change the role of the fourth line? Hard. It's hard to as someone who really wants Morgan Frost on this team. It's I hard. really want. I love the idea. It's hard to believe that he would be able to do that regularly enough to take the gamble heading into the playoffs yeah I this mean, is why i hate scratches yeah. well it's just if to me if you were gonna if you were gonna put morgan frost in this team what you do is you pop him on the third line and you move lawton down to center these guys i don't think you pop law i don't think you pop frost in in between raffle and nak i think you put frost in between jvr and I, I, I would like it like a JVR Frost Pitlick or a JVR Frost NAK line. I like. I think he needs a score. I don't think he can play on a grind line, whereas I know Lawton can center a grind line mm-hmm. because that's what he does. Um, I, I wouldn't throw Frost into the fourth line. I just, like, in a playoff scenario, I don't like Frost taking third line minutes. I don't Fair. think that's yeah. the way they're going to win a playoff series. As an aside. In a year or two now, sure, but not now. Does anyone else fucking love Tyler Pitlick? Yeah, he's cool. He's, he's fun. So good. He's fun. Yeah, he's got. He's I did not expect to like him. He's got one fewer <laughs> goal than Wayne Simmons, who did not make our trade deadline list because I do. No Man, he's one of my Nobody. favorite flyers ever. But I'm good. He yeah, may be going to Vancouver. So yeah, I've heard that. It's nice there. They apparently really want him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Charlie, you two like you were dying uh, talking to uh, I think the evolving yeah, wild the twins, guys. Yeah. Like they're looking to give up a pretty good prospect. Yeah, like for the guy Wayne was like Simmons. the fifth overall pick like two or three years yeah, ago. Like, and where, like granted, he has developed the way they wanted him to but still like where were they last year yeah where were they last year would have been nice we to got be ryan offered. hartman <laughs> but hey ryan hartman turned into tyler pitlick and we like tyler pitlick we so. like tyler pitlick but we love kevin hayes all right uh tk new career high in points 51 points that's cool i what like a, that yes, he's good seriously, he is good <laughs> he's and actually quite good Claude Travis Konechny, that's my son yeah claude Giroux. Yeah, he, he wasn't scoring too much. He was on that little goal-scoring drought, but he's almost at two points a game over his last six. We talked about that earlier. Could th- this could... Big if he dad like energy gets hot hard. at the perfect time, yep. like just kind of takes over and is 
oh man, I'm excited for this run, guys. Also, That's yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just gonna say it's also important to remember that even when he wasn't scoring, he was playing well. Yeah, uh, yeah. He never was shitting the bed, really. There were a game or two where maybe he wasn't having the impact he was having, uh, but for the most part, I would say he's been good. And you just look at the way this team plays. Whose numbers are huge? Nobody's. Whose numbers are solid? Everybody's. It just kind of looks like, as we've talked about, Elaine Vigneault has turned this team, you know into a a team not a couple of guys who are good and putting up big numbers and dragging everyone else along to mediocrity uh i just think this is kind of a function of the system they're running and that's where i'm gonna leave it we are excited for the stretch run thank you all for listening thanks for hanging out Uh, i'll be back tomorrow with the post game after this big win in columbus uh but for charlie and for steph and for kelly have a great week everybody doing his best. <laughs> I agree you will be doing I, his I best. Want, I Have you seen I, how grumpy and handsome